You are now about to witness wrestling knowledge at its finest. Sideline Junkies proudly presents the People's Choice, Don Rodriguez, the big guy, KG. They are the WrestleManiacs. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Sideline Junkies present the WrestleManiacs, and after 15 tries, we are here. That's right. It took a moment. People in the truck trying to hate on us right now because uh, somebody, let it be the People's Choice, Don Rodriguez, may somehow be in the DMV, so they know I'm close by keeping an eye out. So they're trying to keep us apart. That's all that is because they know what we're about to talk about tonight. <laughs> He's back, and guess what? So is Eric Bischoff. Uh-huh. I wonder what podcast show actually talked about why not bring Bischoff and Paul Heyman. I'm just saying. Once again, I think that may have been us. I, I think you're right, good sir. And then I think uh, it was the uh, what if show. What if Paul Heyman would take over? Well, we talked about him taking over SmackDown again. And starting to write, but lo and behold, guess what happened? Paul Heyman has gotten a nod from Vincent Kennedy McMahon to come over and direct, be the executive director for Raw. So Paul Heyman is going to be curating Raw. Eric Bischoff is going to be curating SmackDown, answering only to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. There's only one voice that goes through them. And at this stage of the game, with uh, Fighter Fest happening right now, which we'll get into later on, there's only one thing that is going through um, their their vision, and that's just Vince's say-so. So I can only imagine, they say it's going to be a slow transition, but I can only imagine what is going to happen to more so the talent that is being underused at the moment. And if you can't tell, uh, since, you know, when a People's Choice Tom Rodriguez comes into town, you got to see everybody. So if you hear some noise in the background, that's because I am live at the moment from my sister's cookout over here putting in that sideline junkies, WrestleManiacs work on the mothership all the way from Baltimore, Maryland. But uh, I expect some big changes for, quote unquote, the jobbers and that being the Dana Brooks, um, the Mojo Rallies. Uh, we may see a bigger push, kind of like Kofi Kingston style for um, you know, shoot, Zack Ryder, make it finally a come up. Um, I mean, anything uh, is, is possible at, at this moment. So I'm excited to see what can happen. Samoa Joe may actually become world champion under this new regime. The, 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 the recipe for awesomeness is, is just a clean slate at this moment. And my question to you when I saw that is, is it, do you think it's desperation or do you think that it's just the best move for the business from Vince and I think more so Triple H's perspective. Uh, let me let me start from the beginning there. You say desperation. Desperation for what? Not taking anything away from AEW because I see a lot of people bash uh, WWE because AEW's around. Uh, you can't just be a wrestling fan and like everything. I mean, we like everything, but AEW is not even in the same league 
as WWE because when was the last time we've seen any AEW wrestler perform? The last pay-per-view? So there's no yeah. n- nothing out of desperation there. No need for desperation. Uh, it was time because uh, bringing back um, uh, uh, Brother Love, Bruce Pritchett. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> bringing him back was the first step. <laughs> Everybody loves the People's Choice Don Rodriguez. <laughs> bringing him back was the first step. That was right. step one. Now you're bringing back uh, Eric Bischoff, who arguably uh, what he's done in every run that he's had in WWE was create magic. Uh, Paul Heyman, what he's done in WWE, uh, he's his mic skills, him being an advocate for Brock Lesnar, as well as other stars, and his business mind, period, and, and, and booking ability. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's desperation. I think that was just a power move to say, you know what? Yeah, you got Dean Malenko. You have Billy Gunn. You got a lot of people from over in WWE, but guess what? This is the trump card that I've right. been holding. This is the big joker that I've been holding. And I'd be damned if it didn't happen. And, and like you said, this started off. Yes, it was one podcast sponsored by Anchor that said that months ago. And uh, somebody months was listening. Ago. All up in our beeswax. <laughs> Which is fine. Again, cut the check. Exactly. But, um, so the reason why I said desperation is because it's been a while since WWE has had competition. And I don't think it's so much desperation for, oh, no, they're going to put us out of business. I think it's desperation for they just don't know how to react to the competition. You know, we got to do this. We got to do that. We're going to get rid of these group of writers. We're going to hire a group. They're going to get rid of that group of writers. So now we're going to bring uh, Heyman and Bischoff in as executive directors. And then Bruce Pitcher comes back and Undertaker is risen from the grave twice <laughs> in a close succession opposed to the normal one-off at WrestleMania and let's bring back Goldberg and let's start going over to Saudi Arabia and and getting a bunch of checks and, you know, all these things. And I was curious if you thought that how, how, look at that. Cause I don't know. I'm still debating on if it's them just making chess moves. And as a good old Larry Zabisco would say, the human game of chess and they're playing that shout out Larry land, or is it them just not understanding how to get back into that competitive mode? Because we know AEW is not there, but they are there with a footprint enough from two sellouts, one in 15 minutes, to be able to drive everything through in a huge, quick uh, succession at a high level. So it is exciting to see, but also at the same time, it's like, man, there's a, a lot going on at the same time. So I was just curious you know, to, to see what you thought about that because, man – I'm excited, but at the same time, I want, I don't want them to rush, but I want to see who they're going to cherry pick to go up against Seth Rollins, to go up against, um, actually, we know Nia Jax is going to be one of them. She has to be because that comeback story. So we know Nia Jax is on the short list for getting the, the full super push, but Bailey is doing such a good job. Where does this leave Sasha Banks? They could say, hey, man, between Heyman and Bischoff, you know what? We can, Vince, go ahead and run a program that we don't even need Sasha. 
she can go do AEW, do whatever, lift her band, let her go do whatever. We can make it happen without Sasha. So that means that Dana Brooke will finally get the opportunity or um, Carmella may get the, the, the shot again. I mean, there's so many undercard superstars that you just see on main event that are running behind our truth to get the 24-7 championship that could have a title run. <laughs> True. <laughs> and we know that that's Eric Bischoff's MO. Look at WCW back in the day. I just uh, forwarded a tweet from PW Insider about the chairman of WCW, La Parker, which is a phenomenal read on, on, excuse me, on how he became one of the biggest lucha stars in the business. So that, that, that's one. I mean, that's all in the Eric Bischoff regime. And we know from Paul Heyman's perspective, ECW, that's all you got to say. Yeah, uh, you had hardcore, but then in the midst of a hardcore show on ECW, you had Rey Mysterio. You had um, Dean Malenko. You had Eddie Guerrero. You had some AAA stars that were wrestling, not extreming, wrestling. And then you had hybrids like RVD and, and you know, dare I say it, I'm going to say his name. I may get stricken by the, the, the Ric Flair Thunder Gods, but uh, Shane, uh, the franchise, Douglas, was actually one of my faves, as well as Beat Me If You Can, Survive If I Let You, number 13, the Tasmaniac, Taz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the list can go on, so I, I can't tell you how excited I am um, for what is about to happen again, thanks to uh, actually, I think this was a truthfully a Triple H call. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'll take it. But look at what you have now you have Heyman running Raw, mm-hmm. Bischoff running SmackDown, Triple H running NXT. There you go. Drake Maverick running 205 Live. Well, he's running through 205 Live. But <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that because most of his time he's running for that 24-7. <laughs> but <laughs> but think about that, just that hierarchy, and everybody answers to Vince. But not only are you going to see improved storylines, but you're also going to see some call-ups because you have to do what uh, a certain championship wrestler uh, – Jeez, what's his name? The People's Choice Don Rodriguez said a couple of weeks I, ago. Oh, my brother, testify. You have to start letting these these, these people in NXT come on up. Your Shayna Baszler, your Bianca Belez, Io Shirai. Io Shirai, who Shayna Baszler and Io just had a phenomenal women's first ever cage match on NXT. It's I mean, they're, they're breaking ground and, and destroying the industry in reference to the, the mold that it used to be. And now the expectation of what can be is through the roof, and but they have to be called. I'm, t- I'm not going to go into it because if my <laughs> horse gets any higher, I may be talking to Jesus and by Jesus, I mean, Jesus, um, brown away, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's insane to, to keep these folks down at NXT, just doing takeovers. But think it's, about it's, this. It's, it's, it's waste. Think, think about this. Now, Bischoff had a hand in TNA when it was TNA before it was Impact. You remember how mm-hmm. their tag division was, their women's division was. Yep. Now, compare that to the tag division and the women's division in WWE now, as, as well mm-hmm. as your singles competition. Now, you have something great, but it's time. I mean, it hurts me to say this because of the fan that I am. And, and dare I say it, 
the super mark that I am for the Undertaker. But it's time that he actually gets his chance to rest. If he comes back for Saudi Arabia shows, fine. Because he stays in excellent shape. Now, I mean, I'm I'm the same guy that wants to see Ric Flair every pay per view. Just to, I agree with that. You know, just I want to see Ric Flair winning the Universal Championship. Just to say, you know, he's 17 time champion. Or 24 seven belt. Or 24 seven belt. Because that would that would count as a champion. Exactly. So you know, but it's time for those guys to move into the behind the scenes role, the, the way Dusty Rose did. Once he was done in ring. Dusty took the full-time book. Now, granted, when he was in ring, he was uh, the head booker most of the time in every territory he was in, including WCW, which was NWA before. But he did it in WWE. He did it in WCW. It's about time for those guys to take those roles or the training roles where they're still on the payroll. Everybody knows about the legendary status and everything, but it's time for that in-ring career to end. We got to get the new blood up because you got so much new blood, but they're not just new names and new faces. You know who they are. Velveteen yeah. Dream, Tommaso Ciampa. These guys have to get to the main roster so they yeah. can show out the way Alistair Black did, the way uh, Ricochet, Ricochet did, United States champion Ricochet. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to give that opportunity. If we don't get that opportunity, you 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 basically promoting a stale product, but now – you got this, uh, I don't want to say conglomerate, but you have this this board and you have Bischoff, Trips, Heyman, all in positions of power. Man, and this is nothing but, but the truth. And we are about to see some vicious, vicious wrestling. And delicious. Mm-hmm. And with that, I mean, you just put the stamp on it right there and licked it dry. So... We're going to go to commercial break, come back, and then I think we're going to have a flashback moment about arguably one of the best matches of all time in WWE and wrestling history, and arguably one of the best match callings of Jim Ross's career. So we'll cover that match. If you haven't figured it out by now, you will when we come back in a moment after we pay some bills and not get a check. <laughs> Stay tuned. And just like that, we're back. That's right. So I alluded to the best match of a hardcore extreme nature that I've ever seen. The best match of a hardcore and extreme nature Ross has ever called and probably the best match that Mick Foley has ever had that almost killed him. So if you haven't figured out with those clues at this moment, we are talking about the almighty Hell in a Cell 21st anniversary. That match is old enough to be tried as an adult to be able to rent a car without uh, having to pay for the extra fees. It's able to be done, do a lot of things outside of still be one of the best matches, period, arguably, of all time. 21 years, all the way back in 1998, that Undertaker and Mankind ascend to the top of the Hell in a Cell. And for some crazy reason, 
mankind said out of his mouth, the almighty crazy Mick Foley, or correction, Mrs. Foley's baby boy said, throw me off the cage. (laughs) (laughs) Taker said, okay. And the rest was history. Man, watching it live, watching it on on rerun, uh, watching it now on YouTube, owning the the VHS, owning the Blu-ray, WWE networking it. Doesn't matter which way you watch that match, it is still uh, ridiculously amazing. I know you think about it all the time. We've talked about it many times. It's just like it's priceless. And it wasn't supposed to be that way, but it became that way thanks to Mick Foley. To think about it, 21 years ago, to see that as a 16-year-old, and then to know the the the, the story, huh? You were 16? 16, okay. yeah. 16 years old. Uh, senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. I just... To see it, and I, I thought we witnessed death, and I watched it on rerun. Yeah, I thought yeah. we I thought we witnessed the death. Yep. And the first thing I thought when he went over was, "This is Owen, rest his soul, Owen Hart, all over again." But then I'm thinking, Undertaker's going to jail because <laughs> he just killed him, according to Jim Ross, and he's broken in half. And then the match continued. Yeah. That was, Oh, my God. I mean, at the pain threshold of Mick Foley to be able to get himself off the stretcher as the cage was a quarter of the way up the ring to look at it and start trying to climb it up to where they had to drop the cage back down and Taker was making his way down on the far end. Jim Ross is losing his mind as to why in the hell somebody is not pulling Mick Foley down. And everybody really, in my opinion, was in awe. That's probably why it didn't happen. Foley gets back up. And then with this being the OG hell in the cell, nobody's expected to be choke slammed on a damn thing. Mm-hmm. He gets choke slammed through it. His tooth goes up into his gums and through his mouth and through his nose. And then he's out on his feet at that point. Lights out. Taker comes down. They have the break with um, Chainsaw Charlie at that point or Terry Funk. And uh, then our heck broke loose. Did you know the Undertaker wrestled with a broken foot that night? Yep. And and that's why I guess uh, McFoley kind of curated things. It it almost seemed like he called the match more than normally the ring general Taker called the match. Just – Amazing, man. I, to look back at it, 21 years, that is a long, long time. But this match became an instant classic. And that wasn't even the main event. Yep. Because Mick Foley pulled double duty and came back out. That, that is, man. When you talk about ruthless aggression, we saw it. When you talked about uh, intestinal fortitude, we saw it. When you talked about ECW, we saw it <laughs> without the EC equi chance. So that match, I mean, 
it's something that will never happen again in that organic fashion. Every match that we've had since then has been carefully curated to where, yeah, you're going to have some extreme spots where they were planned and talked about instead of a surprise to everybody in Gorilla, a surprise to the announced team, and a surprise definitely to the fans. So when we look at all the other Hell in the Cells that came after, when we look at um, the cage matches and NXTs, and when we look at war games that's now happening in NXT, if somebody goes on top of the cage, hell, even in the video games, SmackDown versus Raw's, WWE, you know, 2K, whatever's. Um, I mean, that was the first thing you did. You went on top of the cage at that mm-hmm. point. Most of your match was on top of the cage because that was the, the the best thing that you could do. That's how you started. That was par for the course when it came down to Hell in the Cell. Was you started on top of that cage. And if you ended it on top of that cage, you was boss. But your goal was a sweet chin music somebody off of the top of the hell in the cell. And, you know, when you went down, your health bar was done. Done. I'm trying to remember which one it was. I think it was SmackDown 2, where you could actually, as the Undertaker, you give somebody the last ride through the top of the cage. Mm-hmm. And all you had to do was climb back down, go one, in. One, two, three. That's it. Because it was over. And, I mean, this could yeah. be two minutes into the match. If they took a last ride through there, that was it. Yep. Your health, your chest health bar is done. <laughs> and rightfully so. That's one of the very few matches in a WWE game to where your health bar was reflecting upon the damage you took off the cage, through the cage, or even the old ones where you could spear somebody through the cell wall. That mm-hmm. was just devastating. If you didn't know how to mash your way out, that was one, two, three all day long. Mm. So... 21 years, and now we look forward to talking about this match for another 21 years. Thank you for the then, now, and forever through the WWE Network. And speaking of then, now, and forever, let's talk about the McMahons. Well, more so one in particular, Vincent Kennedy, and his decision to make some production changes. Now, remember, it was maybe you know, earlier, uh, maybe September, October of last year, we were really talking about the production change and having the match airing during the commercials. And I thought that was a great idea because it allowed things to be continual. And now Vince has called it. And he says he does not want there to be wrestling happen during commercials. He wants to keep, I guess, in his mind, the, the audience captivated, wondering what happens after that five-minute break between the spot where the, the main uh, commentator, Michael Cole or whomever, just said, and da 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 And then you have that pregnant pause that leads into the commercial. He wants that magic again so that way you're guessing instead of seeing what's happening and then when you come back. So in other words, the bathroom break is what he thinks people are taking because the match is continuing. You just come back and see what's happening and then go from there. So I'm kind of torn because I enjoyed that, but I don't think that is – that falls on a production concept. I think that falls on the, the story that's being told in the ring. Is it, you know, captivating enough to where normally that would be the break period when they know that lights gone off, they've got a moment to put somebody in a submission uh, or, or something to really stretch it across that five minute period. So you had the rest opposed to the high impact, high velocity, uh, uh, move sets, you know, Ricochet's not jumping off the top rope through the table doing commercial break with the picture in picture. That's happening when you come back 
to main uh, TV proper. But with that, we now have what will be happening as is going to be seen uh, next week, two out of three falls matches. So now that's supposed to fill the gap. So you have the commercial break. So you may have one fall, five minutes of a commercial break, and then you come back and now you're working on the second fall for the next 10 minute segment before you go to the next one. So we're losing picture in picture, but we're gaining two out of three falls matches and possibly TV time may come back. So it may be a 45 minute match uh, that could end at TV time, which would end it right before commercial break. Hmm. Yeah, it could work either way. I mean, we, we, we've seen it done both ways. Then dealing with Michael Cole, as soon as it gets like what it feels like it's climax and you hear him, you hear his voice change just enough. And then mm-hmm. we'll be back. Yep. Yeah. And, you know what is happening. Tom Phillips, we're, we're still feeling him out. Sometimes it, it may not come across, but Michael Cole, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we've been watching Michael Cole for what, 19 years now? Yep. He's gained weight, gained, lost a goatee, gained a, a mustache. Lost the, the 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 flavor saver. I mean, you know, he's been all over. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cole is is technically an institution and a former champion. So I mean, you know, all kind of crazy stuff is going on with Michael Cole. But I thought that was interesting that that decision was made this week. So again, is that reactionary, or is that uh, a planned segment or or, or concept? for future promotion maybe that's not what fox wants to do so you have to lose that anyway with smackdown live because fox isn't putting a stamp on doing that so there's a lot of moving and shaking and and positioning and reference to curate the product in my opinion based around what fox wants which again if fox wants us to go back to attitude there should be no reason why usa wouldn't do it why because we're we have law and order svu Mature content. Uh-huh. Why the heck can't the Rock St. Poontang pie? <laughs> <laughs> we just had somebody rape, molested, kidnapped, sexually assaulted, this cut off, you know, whatever. And you can't say Poontang pie? I don't get it. But, you know, hopefully that changes and we get the content, we get the attitude-esque. This doesn't have to be full on. You don't have to, you know, drink the the entire bottle of Kool-Aid, but you have to do enough so that way the fans are good and you're keeping your base along with letting AEW have a taste of your customer base at the same time. Right. I just, I don't I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I really don't. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think it's actually going to be basically back to what it used to be because during the Attitude Era, which was pretty much uh, <laughs> the heyday. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was, you know, that pause, and then we'll be right back. And the screen yeah. goes black in a commercial run. But then when you come back for commercials, always picture in picture to show you what happened during the commercial break. Right. And you keep it moving. And nine times a ten, you didn't really miss anything. Yeah, but it's just a principle that you, you want to sit there and be like, oh, snap. That's what happened. You know, they have that super close line or, or something like that that happened. And, you know, that, that's, that's how it went down. But we'll see. Time will tell because, again, we're going on to the new regime. So we'll have to see how that will balance under the direction of Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. You, you know what? And to anybody 
that's still running around saying, oh, wrestling's fake. Wrestling's fake. Go back to what we just talked about with the Hell in the Cell in 98 and tell me that wrestling's fake. Ask Mick Foley's body if wrestling's fake. (laughs) They'll tell you real quick. Oh, no. His family will tell you real quick. Wrestling ain't fake. They They wanted him divorced from wrestling altogether after Hell in a Cell. So, yeah, it's not fake. It hurts, but it ain't fake. So, speaking of hurting, we're going to have to go on a commercial break, our last commercial break. But when we come back, there's a nice little 24-7 Old Town Road tribute <laughs> that's going around. So, we'll be back to talk about Old Town Truth in a second. And just like that, we back one more again. That's right. To talk about uh, Old Town Truth, 24 7, 365, 800 TV, world, tag, universal, European champion. I think he, he, he's finding ways to throw everything in there. So if you have not seen it, we uh, I've retweeted it. I know KG has retweeted it through uh, Sideline Junkies as well. But to see him in his cowboy hat just spitting like only truth can with a 24 seven belt over his shoulder, wearing a cowboy hat. And then what's, I think is a great moment, but this has also started to become a lost moment. You have no way Jose doing uh, old town road uh, rebuttal to what truth said. And I thought that was phenomenal. More superstars would have Don that could be liquid gold. Like I would love to see Drake Maverick do it. Uh, but unfortunately, Titus was the only one to reply to, to uh, No Way Jose, but he didn't do the video. He just talked, you know, he just cut a promo, basically, which is like, oh, uh, that sucks. So I'm hoping that some more people decide to take uh, full advantage of this. But again, this is one of the two best things that they have going for the Raw and SmackDown brands is the 24-7 being able to be cross-platform. And you have people looking for that and Firefly Funhouse. Yes, indeed. Those two things right there. But, I mean, again, what R-Truth is doing, Vince said he is a fan. He is loving it. And what Drake Maverick did was phenomenal as well. The wedding and and the writing for that. If we could take that level of of awesomeness and parlay that into uh, everything else, doesn't always have to be fun and whimsical and stuff, but just to have that be, you know, an, an exciting add-in, that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Mm. What you're getting with Heyman taking over on Raw, I think everything's going to see a big expansion. And it's it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, then everybody said, you know, you might as well go ahead and change the name of all the Firefly Funhouse because that's the reason why everybody's watching. Yep. I agree. I thoroughly agree. So, this week belonged to R-Truth. Last week was all Bray Wyatt. This week was R-Truth. So, it's almost kind of like they're just skipping and alternating back and forth. So, I'm assuming next week is going to be Bray Wyattness to an extent because he already had an impression this week. And we'll get to that in a second. But before that, I want to know what your feeling is about Undertaker working more than one match, primarily him going into Extreme Rules on the 14th of July 
tabbing, tagging with Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Now, we know Taker likes Drew. So him wanting to go ahead and do a match with Drew is, is a foregone conclusion. That was something that was positive that he just wanted to do. But at the same time, my question is, do we need Taker right now to be the tag partner of Roman Reigns, or should it be somebody else? I was reading a story on PW Insider from uh, Dave Meltzer uh, talking about how he thinks Taker had, well, actually more so Booker T was saying it, um, Taker still has a little bit of a bad flavor in his mouth from the match he had with Goldberg in Saudi Arabia where it just didn't have the same effect for the billing. And he just wanted to have something that was a little bit more positive in taste and flavor. So that way he could do something that to continue on and get that monkey off his back. But I'm asking you, as a wrestling guru, do you think that it's necessary for Taker to do a match outside of his normal WrestleMania appearance? To be quite honest, no. And first of all, I'm honored and I'm flattered at the same time that you called me a wrestling guru because I studied at your feet. Oh, I don't know, man. You're the fact checker. The cold cracker. Well, I just... You've been on fire as a week, so I know you've been uh, all up in the area of when you've been seeing these things happen. I know you've been doing your research. Yeah. So I got to give credit where credit is due, sir. I just... I don't... I I thank you for that first, but... I don't think it's necessary because only way this could work out, Roman Reigns would have to do all the heavy lifting. He would have to take the beating, you know, mm-hmm. the, the kind of sort of alternating between Drew and Shane, mm-hmm. keeping him away Go from ahead. Him. And then, yep. you know, then all of a sudden when the Undertaker gets saying he's like a man on uh, fire. Hot tag. Yep. yep. Big boot. Go ahead and script it. Go ahead and script it. Oh. That's what I'm saying. You on fire. That's exa- <laughs> That's the match. Take one, two, three, boom. That is the match. That's it. Without even having to turn the pay-per-view on, I can sleep through it. And it exact. listen to what he just laid out, ladies and gentlemen, exactly how that match is going to go down. Nothing crazy. It's the old-fashioned. And and nothing wrong with it. But, again, could we have uh, a more high-profile match if Aleister Black would have come down? Now, that right there. I think would have been better, but because he's he's not being used, or somebody else is not being used, um, that would have come down to Roman Reigns' aid. I, Ricochet, yeah, pull double duty and, and come down, and and you know Ricochet versus Shane. Imagine that matchup for the first time ever. High flyer versus high flyer, and they could work something and, and, and build something as the champion because he may or may not have a match. We'll have to see how that'll play out. We know uh, Braun Strowman is going to be doing something with uh, Bobby Lashley. And spoiler alert, that's a two out of three falls match. But it could be Braun Strowman that tags with Roman, which means that uh, Bobby Lashley would do the interference, which would set up for possibly the win for Shane and Drew, which would carry the storyline over. But I agree. You You know know, what? Take her fans. Yes. But, you you know, another high-profile name that would have worked there, uh, Jay Lethal. <laughs> of course, you know you already know that. <laughs> but to be quite honest, uh, 
I would have threw Bray Wyatt in there. And, you know, just have him come down, do the muscle man dance in, in the oh, middle of the God. night. Just have him stare off into the distance. I, you know what? I'm going to throw this out there. I wouldn't even be mad if it was Kane. Mayor Kane. Why not? Just just a one offer. You know, the light would have read, read, the fire would have hit, and Kane would have walked down and choke slammed everybody. Roman included. and then, Yeah, and then Roman and Kane would win, and then while they're celebrating, Roman would have got the choke slam. You can't be mad as Kane. What else are you <laughs> expecting him to do? And then that's it. There's no program that's going to be run with Kane. It's just he just walks off and goes back to running the city. <laughs> you, you know what? I don't know if I asked you this, but did you see? I think he was setting up for to give a speech. Oh and yeah, I did. <laughs> everything went and choke slammed through the table. Yeah, but why not? Use it to your advantage. That's how you got elected. That's how you keep the ball going. Why the heck not? Uh, so, I'm, and I hope that's not the end of the road for him. I hope he continues to stay in politics and keep going to the next level. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, you know, Ventura did it. Yeah. And I thought he was a good governor. But wait, time out. I'm mad at Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, God, what did he do this time? He promised me he was going to run for, for president. I had already set it up. It's like he said it's going to be a wrestler in the White House. Now it's like it's going to be The Rock. But Ventura was supposed to run for, for president. Jeez, what else can I ask for? Yeah, I mean, if we get Dwayne in the White House, I, I'm sorry. I don't think anybody could take it seriously. But at the same time, you'd be like, all right, that's cool. Like, we're not going to deal with you because The Rock says this. Okay. Yep. And they're like, wait, what, was he serious? He did the people's eyebrow. We don't know how to take this. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. Rock, Rock, I'd vote for Rock. Uh, 2020, yeah. whenever. Yeah, but, you get my vote. He's a hell of a inspiration because I watch videos from him every day. When I don't feel like going to work, I don't feel like doing a format for a show. I don't feel like updating the the website, anything. I don't feel like doing research on on, on I'm just going to wing it. I want something that involves him. He's such an inspiration because I know where he came from. I know his story. Oh, yeah. So, but the true question is, is he going to be in Fast 9? Uh, I, I haven't seen anything so. yet from Vin Diesel. I, I so. really hope so, but I, I'm, I'm hoping in Fast 9 he somehow rock bottoms just, no, we'll see. Just a small shot. You know, Tyrese get a punch in and then he rock bottom. And then we move on. I'll make a problem. If The Rock is in Fast 9, then I will actually watch all the fast movies from what happened after Tokyo Drift upward. <laughs> what? <laughs> kind of missed, missed all that. You, what? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry, man. The Paul Walker thing hurt me, man. I was and, like, oh, and, and, you and, fast, and, man. I was, I was hurt. I d I I don't know how to go beyond that, man. That was that was a duo right there. Yeah, yeah, it took me out too because like watching uh the last one he appeared in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you cried there. Everybody I seen grown men walk out of the movie theater boohoo crying. Yeah, man. It's like watching Stan Lee's last appearance, man. It's like, oh man. It's, it's hurt hurtful in the heart. But if the rock is in it, I'll watch it, man. I will go on a Netflix or Cody, uh, binge <laughs> and, and watch them all. <laughs> um, and that's Cody spelled with a Y. Yeah, my friend Cody <laughs> has, has nothing to do with sticks of fire and you know, strange Amazonian women. None of that is involved in this. <laughs> and speaking of strange Amazonian women, not really the best segue. Let's talk about no Firefly Funhouse. 
but we had the puppets of the Firefly Funhouse invading Raw and SmackDown and kind of like a did you see me type of thing. So we had uh, Abby, Mercy, Rambling Rabbit, and uh, Huskas popping up in different segments. So uh, if you go back and watch uh, either where The Miz was, where Dana Brooke was, and, and other superstars, you'll look and you'll, gl- you'll take a glance and see that Bray Wyatt is starting to get closer and closer to coming to television. Mm-hmm. Still don't know how it's going to happen. Still excited for it. But the fact that we're kind of breaking into the television proper is an exciting thing. Well, Chris Jericho told him what to do about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Walk it out. I'll walk it out. I'll walk it out. Sorry. <laughs> he, he said you need to get down and you need to walk only like you can. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, that most people, if you're not in, in, in tune with it, you didn't understand what he was saying. What do you mean? You know what he meant if you know what he's talking about. So I'm just waiting for that to happen. I, I, I can see it. The lights are going to go out and he's just going to show up kind of like, uh, uh, what was the motivational speaker? Uh, Norman Smiley. What was the other one? Um, used to hang oh, with God. me. Him and Baby used to do the infomercials together on uh, the middle of SmackDown. Oh, oh my God. That was so long ago. Uh, yeah. I didn't think about that one. What? Uh, what a, you brought up Maven. Wow. Yeah. yeah Maven. Tough enough for life. Maven had one of the best drop kicks I've ever seen because he got hype. Yeah. And it, it was always on point. He just didn't have. He, I don't know if nobody. He, he just needed a character. Yes, because they was not the character, and I know they they didn't understand how to transition uh, reality TV because the Miz transition because the Miz was on reality TV, and what I mean by that is Mike Mizanin was on Real World. Mm-hmm. But The Miz was a character on the real world as well. So we got to see the early parts of The Miz on the real world. And then Miz transitioned over. And then he just WWE'd him. But Maven was a school teacher. Came in and reality and TV. And to WWE. But then where was the character? Creative did not create. Because they let him be the tough enough winner. Opposed to giving him time off to come back as somebody else. And that's, I think, where they failed Maven because the potential for him was through the roof. They gave him pushes and all that, but they just didn't understand how to transition and work um, reality TV like they do now through the diva searches and all that stuff. So that's a good throwback name right there. Yeah, and and the kid had mic skills. I will say his mic skills were great. I liked him. It's just... Where was the character? Exactly. There was nothing to bring you in. I mean, if you, man, that's, if they would have done that in today's time, I guarantee you they would have had, and had Maven go through NXT. Oh, yeah. Man, he would have been NXT champion. He'd be ready. I mean, sky's the limit. But who knows? Whatever can happen. You know, people can come back. Stranger things have happened. He could pop up in a a Royal Rumble one day. Why not? That's true. That is true. And, and speaking of things that are happening, right as we speak, Fighter Fest is happening. AEW, which uh, actually uh, one of our close friends, Chris Clow, is out there at uh, 
fight a fight. Shout out to to Chris um, out there in Daytona. So it's it's quite an interesting card. They they still running with some of the same names, so we can start to see the transition of where we're going once they come to TNT. So we had SCU is already happening versus Best Friends versus um, uh, the Private Party. Uh, we had uh, Michael Nakazawa versus uh, Alex uh, versus um, in a hardcore match. We had, uh, well, we have Nyla Rose versus Rio versus Yuka Shizuki. My boy, Christopher Daniels, going up against Seema. You got Hangman Page versus MJF versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy. I just love that Jungle Boy. Uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is going up against uh, Darby Allen. The official match premiere of John Moxley is going up against uh, Jerry Janela. And then Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in the main event going up against the Lucha Bros and the Laredo Kid. So a lot of the same familiar names from what we saw in that first pay-per-view. So we're starting to see kind of who is going to be on television. And that's where the interest is going to come in because that I, I, I'm assuming that through these events, that is how they're going to start to show the rivalries and the storytelling and, and the feuds and start to build the backstory. So that way when they curate the, 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 the promotional videos and the sizzle reels, see, and at All In and at Fighter Fest, you can see how it'll all come together. And then that's how they're going to kind of reel everybody. At least that's what I'm assuming. But again, we have to see the first episode. We didn't know what Nitro was until the first episode. But by the time we got to the 10th episode, we had that feeling for sure of exactly what was being produced um, in essence. And then it just grew from there. And then it, it had its evolutions through the time leading up until the 83 weeks of them dominating. So I'm still excited. I don't want to rush October, but at the same time, I really want to see how this is going to happen and what WWE is going to have to, to counteract that at Fox and what SmackDown Live is going to look like 100% under Eric Bischoff. Because by that point, um, it's going to be through the roof. And Fox is making demands of the WWE on what they want. So it's not like they can just go in and produce something. The Fox is saying, we want this to be this, to look like this, to be within these parameters. So if they're saying it, this is the same kind of thing that they, in essence, let back in the day, USA dictate on what they wanted on their network. But now they've got a fresh start. The Fox is saying, uh, we want a little bit more mature than we got the green light. That gives them, again, the ammunition to say, hey, we're doing it on this side of the street. There is no reason why we cannot do it on USA programming because you can't have Law & Order and all the other crazy stuff and us be the kid show. Can't happen. Makes no sense at all. No sense. Somebody should be giving birth to another hand or a kneecap or something like that at some point <laughs> around Valentine's Day. Are we, resur- we should be resurrecting May Young's. I mean, all kind of crazy stuff. I don't know. But we should be going hard. We should be going in. Yeah, that's true. We we, we should. 
ah, just it can't get here. But I think that when WWE has competition, I'm talking true mm-hmm. competition. Uh, that's when you get the best. You're gonna get the best from both sides, but. Only one. I think the one that's going to be left in the wake and left in the dust, and it's going to wind up folding by the end of the year. It's going to be Impact Wrestling. So all those. Oh, it's not. It's, it's not fold. We know where it's going. They're going to no. be up. Yeah, that's that's going to that's going to WWE. Unless that's, that's, that's going to be absorbed by NXT. Unless uh, Cody decides to use that as a training ground because. Uh, he, he, he got his he got his a uh, 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 business mind, but the backers of AEW got deep pockets. Yeah, that's true. But I don't think they want to. I don't think they would approve making that move to buy another promotion. You know, when you're trying to start up, because then you're bringing that stigma from that promotion over. You know what I'm saying? So if they if they view TNA as something that failed, how do you? Build that to your investors to say, yeah, we're about to buy something that failed. And then we're going to, you know, use our capital that we've been making to do that with the investment of whatever. If it was me, I'd be like, no, Mm -mm. I'd rather you go buy some or recruit some talent from the indie circuit or New Japan or from Ring of Honor. I'd rather you take Jay Lethal. You take the uh, Briscoes and and Madison Rain and whoever else that's over there, and bring them here. Take pay the money for the star power instead of buying uh, a promotion that's not doing too well. Give that to Vince. Let him have it. Vince can afford to take the hit. They got the network. Vince would. That's just as we talked about. Um, he could just fold TNA's entire library into the WWE Network. Why? Because now you have the entire library to build a Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles match. Yeah. To do a best of Universal DVD with Kurt Angle, Ric Flair, with new content. You can re-release stuff with new TNA content and make money off of that from a WWE perspective. So that would be a smart buy, in my opinion. And it would be cheap. Because AEW is going to put it out of business. <laughs> you know, worst case scenario, Vince could also absorb Ring of Honor. Why not? Because now you've got those Ring of Honor folks that are filtering, and you've got that that could go on the network. You know, Vince, Vince could be the new Disney. Yeah. And you said something, that, that whole thing of taking TNA's library and building Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles, which is something that's pretty much needed in WWE. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if he bought Ring of Honor, he could do Samoa Joe versus CM Punk. Yeah. And give people the CM Punk they wanted. Yeah. Re- release a CM Punk best of DVD Blu-ray. Release it uh, for purchase, and then a year later, release it on the network. Those are the only two places. You stop a year later. You stop uh, it in production or halfway through, so that way you can only get it once it hits the network through the network. You want CM Punk? We're giving them to you. Cut Glenn a check too, so don't just be like, "Oh, we're just going to screw you over." Cut him a check. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, nice sizable check and say, hey, we're about to we did this. We're about to release this. We're going to cut you a check. No hard feelings. We're just going to go ahead and leverage that. Ring of Honor could have did it and they would not have cut you a check. We're cutting you a check. Out of good faith, he's like, okay, sure, I'll take it. And then how about this? How about you come back and work a match at Mania? I mean, is that's that how getting your behind kicked in MMA? Yeah, that's how you open the door right there. Man. Because him going over to, to, to AEW, that would be great for them, but that's going to be extremely expensive. That's the equivalent of AEW bringing over Hulk Hogan and paying an exorbitant amount of money. And it's just a lot of money. Not saying Hulk is going to bring the star power, but it's Hogan right now. He's old. Yeah. You can't recapture. He's not going to manifest the NWO. So, you know, that's going to be a whole different thing. So, you you know, it's something that uh, I hope will happen in the future. Because, again, I mean, TNA has a lot of great superstars, but they're running out of space. Their space is about to get eaten up by AEW. And it's unfortunately, and for all the kids out there, Baby Shark <laughs> is about to eat a larger shark and become a bigger shark. So they're going to take up the time slot and the opportunity from TNA. Jeff Jarrett won't be mad because, again, he's WWE now. So he, he's I'm quite sure he's more than wanting Vince to take that. So that way it will be under better hands through the network to live forever. And then you can go from there. That would be a great shot in the arm for Vince and a great shot in a kneecap to AEW. Because they wouldn't be expecting them to buy TNA. True. And just if, if, if Dixie Carter wouldn't have never got her hands on TNA. I don't think there'd be an AEW. Oh, we might. No, I don't have. think there'd be an NXT. There wouldn't be an NXT. There'd be OVW, but TNA would be the the NXT. Hmm. Not under Vince, but I mean that level of of wrestling and capability, because I mean they had Liquid Gold. Yeah, they did. They had Liquid Gold. They even had a really good wrestling game. They just needed a second one to to improve upon what they had, because it wasn't. Uh, AKI and THQ so they didn't have that engine but if they could have gotten their hands on that or even relatively close to that feel it would have been through the ring with I mean through the roof with a six-sided ring uh, with uh, you know that THQ AKI Ukes uh, touch into it so but AEW Ukes is interested in them yeah and we saw what happened with Madden uh, all pro 2K18, right? Was it 2K18? Yeah, oh, yeah, 2K18. That did the did the do. It came out with that, and it destroyed the numbers for Madden. Yeah, we, but what did Electronic Arts do after that? Hey, NFL. Yeah, we're buying the rights. You know that, right? <laughs> for a long time, and just destroyed it. But see, the, the the bad part about Madden, and one of the reasons that I retired, I've been coaxed out of retirement, so I'm letting it be known now. Be on the lookout. I've been coaxed out of retirement, and I will be buying Madden this year. But the one of the reasons why I stopped playing Madden because 
the the emails and everything about the same bitches that I was dealing with on Madden uh, 2001. I was still dealing with on 2010. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was like nine years of this, and I'm hearing everybody. I, it's a page on Instagram that's dedicated just to Madden glitches, and it's the same stuff we've been dealing with for the past 15 to 20 years. You got to have competition because with no competition, you get complacent. You put out a poor product sometimes because no, who's going to go up against you? Well, that, that that's their own fault too, because they cut out NCAA. NCAA was a testing ground. Mm-hmm. NCAA is where they tried the the the, the precisions of viewing and and you know the running plays and, and the pass play. They did everything they wanted to test in NCAA, and if it worked, it came in the next year's Madden. But when they removed NCAA. That was no buffer. So then the only thing that was, oh, we got to improve the graphics. Okay, let's let's make it 1080p. Oh, man, we got to improve the running. Okay, let's improve the running in 1080p. Oh, man, what else do we have left to improve? The grass. Let's make the grass look 1080p. You know, it's like we're getting this and, oh, baby, then the next year, like, well, we didn't really do nothing to uh, the gameplay. Oh, yeah, let's have what they can click on and catch the ball. Okay, yeah, we got it. Now you can click on and catch the ball. Oh, they were good with that. And then next year, what are we going to do? Huh? Oh, uh, run stick? Okay. <laughs> then, <laughs> then after that, then what? They put, should make the grass look better. They, they put too much time and emphasis into ultimate championships and uh, the, all, all the side games. Instead of the gameplay, they put so much time and effort into the Mutt Championships and things like that. Ultimate Team. I, that right there, okay, that's yeah. not for everybody. Some people just like yeah. to do franchises and get it over with. I agree. They, they double down all across the board to where Ultimate Team is now part of the canon. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can't back it out. It's ingrained into everything EA. Like, we lost EA Sports big and got EA Ultimate Team. Yeah. We got Mutt, Foot, uh, uh, nut. Oh, oh God. Sorry. NHL. Sorry. Sorry, NHL. But uh, that's the only thing I can think of. I'm assuming it's NHL Ultimate Team. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Oh, goodness. He, yep. It's re- reset that part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but he, he is on fire tonight. Uh, Ultimate Team just just took over everything. I mean, for those that like it, that miss NFL um, head coach, and, and you know, you want to do those type of things. I'm with it, but at the same time, we need that buffer. We need that balance for Madden to be able to take it through Madden 20 into 25 uh, in reference to number. Even though we already have Madden 25, so I guess that would be Madden 26, and they skip a number. But um, you know, we need something to just take it through. In my opinion, the only next logical course of action for Madden has to be VR. Yeah, most definitely. So, especially with the camera angles that they have now in the NFL, just think about that. Your camera angle and how you are looking at it is in virtual reality from that over-the-top camera that can go around and look at it when you're doing single player and see the play and see the formation. And then how about calling the play and working it from the defensive perspective and virtual reality. How insane would that be if you can figure out how to do that, to be able to do a run play and you were seeing the holes on the pockets that are coming through from the opposite direction. 
and then you can spin around and go ahead and, and take it to uh, the touchdown. That'd be insane. Yeah, it would. And, and indeed it would. Jeez. And, or even know, just, you know, uh, 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 doing a, a review. You actually get to review the play from those angles, from the virtual reality perspective. That's, that's in my opinion, where I think the next logical course of action would be as an option. doesn't have to be the only way to play the game, but as an option, VR. You know what? I, I need 2K to take notes on this, too, because they've – the my player thing is – it's pretty much gone really, really deep, but it, it, it's – I'm not going to say messing the game up, but the way they're doing it is – go back to the way it used to be where you actually have to work to become the best player in the league. You can't just go out and buy points. Oh, yeah. It's not happening, man. Just, just, I'll just go ahead and cancel Christmas on that. I mean, I, I don't want to take away sales from you. No, it's not even me. Do you know how much 2K would be shut down if you took out VC? But do you know how I'm not even exaggerating. Play? I'm not even exaggerating. It, it wouldn't be nothing to play. The company will be gone. Jeez. You take away VC, you are crippling 2K's budget for the next five years. Are we serious? Yes. It is that ingrained. It's a high, that is bonus money for those guys. My God. Because, I mean, it's the only one nobody complains about. They complain about EA Sports and all that loot box. They complain about every, other things. But NBA 2K, oh, man. I have people that come in and just drop hundreds on VC. Because it's free money. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to produce a disc. They can download the game, but you don't have to produce a disc. There's no overhead. It is literally somebody, like you want Publishers Clearinghouse, and you're getting $1,500 a day. And your bank account for life. That's what it is. So imagine if you fifteen hundred dollars a day times three hundred and sixty-five. That's a big number. I'm not even trying to calculate it. But okay, sure, why not? <laughs> let, 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 let's let's take a look. That's five thousand five hundred and forty seven thousand five hundred. Right. So if you did that and that's what you were budgeted. And then you take it away. That's a lot of money. And now, mind you, that could only be in South Carolina. Take that number and multiply it by the other states. I get it. That's a lot of money. So, you know, that's that number. What what is that number times 49? We'll throw in Alaska. Times 49. Uh, $26,827,500. And that's just me throwing a low, extra, extreme low ball number. A year. If they stop that. <laughs> Free money? Oh, my God. Don't even have to do a special promotion for why you need the VC. You're just buying the VC. That would cripple them. 2K would be done. We wouldn't have Borderlands coming out. We wouldn't have all these other uh, games coming out that are not uh, basketball. We would have no 2K. They would be in a state of crisis, begging people, begging people to come. And then guess what happens at that point? EA buys the rights to the NBA. 
and 2K no longer exists in the basketball form. Yeah. I, I, Instantly, I know that's the move they would make. They would buy the rights to the NBA and have the monopoly. Why? Who cares? No, who's going to stop them? To be quite honest, uh, EA, they, they borderline with, with, the, with the Madden, but with the NBA Live, compared to 2K's graphics, unless you're getting people from 2K to work for EA, because uh, 2K has came a long way since the very first 2K, which came out in 99. Mm-hmm. And live has went down. No, not until last. Remember last year. Yeah, last I year said they came live back. was almost there, and I guarantee you, one of the first places at uh, my manager's conference in August, I'm looking forward to going to, is the EA booth to play live. I guarantee you, this year's live will be hot fire. And then you know they also added the WNBA last year, which is one of the reasons I wanted to buy it. But mm-hmm. I said I'll go ahead and wait. But uh, live, their graphics just didn't hit as hard as 2K. Their presentation didn't hit as hard as 2K. Yeah. But, but it's, it's about gameplay. You give you if you give people now superior gameplay, but and give them the opportunity to build upon graphics, they'll they'll gravitate towards the gameplay, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. And then that says, oh shoot, we we got five years to make it look great, to make it look phenomenal. But if you could go ahead and, you know, move that, that right analog stick and you put that move in because we have a 100% mo-capped uh, Steph Curry to the point to where when you shoot, that is Steph shooting? Literally? Why not? EA can afford that. They can, they can mo-cap about 90% of the NBA. Yeah. Why not? To put out one game that will destroy it. And then they'll do the, the in my opinion, the next superior thing. We're not going to release one next year. We're just going to give you updates to this one. So I'm not going to make you come out and buy a new version. I'm just going to give you an update. So gives me two years to perfect the next version. And then all we got to do is update the rosters from the drafts and do this. Maybe, you know, change the mat, whatever we want to do that happens throughout the, uh, the NBA or the WNBA. But yet you don't have to come out of your pocket for another 60 bucks. <laughs> Hand over fist, they would win market share. Hand over fist. Right here at the Sideline Junkies, WrestleManiacs, we not only give you wrestling, we give you gaming, and we give you financial advice. <laughs> Yes, buy stock at GameStop while it's low. So, <laughs> just saying. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, hey, man, that's what we do. So I guess it's time for us to, to wrap up because I got some crabs to partake in. Yeah. And uh, some, some social craziness to get to. And then we'll be looking forward to getting together and post some pictures of uh, some OG junkies uh, hanging out tomorrow and then next week. We will have the beginning results because it is booked that Paul Heyman is supposed to show up next week on Monday Night Raw. So I'm assuming Eric Bischoff will be flying in for SmackDown Live to get that immediate interaction. Why? Because Fighter Fest is happening right now. Mm-hmm. So you want to continue to strike as a point, counterpoint. Point, counterpoint is what they're doing right now. AEW has something. WWE has to have a hit. So we will see how that plays out. I can't wait on SmackDown at the top of the show to hear I'm back and better than ever from Eric Bischoff. That's all we need. And you know what, Eric? I love you dearly. 
dye your hair black. If you want to turn back the dial on viewership, dial your hair, dye, dye your hair black. They will not expect it, but when they see it, it'll be like, oh my God, we're about to get the Attitude Era because we've got dark hair, jacket wearing, New World Order jacket wearing, Eric Bischoff coming out. That you know what I thought the same thing, but I said maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he would, you know, leave it gray just to change the, the maturity. But possibly, yeah. And who would be new NWO? Drew McIntyre. I would put him in as a Kevin Nash, Velveteen Dream. I know it's going to sound crazy. I would put him in as a Scott Hall. That would give you a little bit of diversity and a different feeling. I would put, I know it's going to sound crazy, Leo Rush to replace X-Pac. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Go on. And then uh, after that, everything else could go either way. You know, who else you would put? They didn't really have a strong female at that point. But if you wanted to just throw that China feel in there, I would put Dana Brooke in it. I have no problem with that. So, I mean, you could build a new NWO. It could be the new millennial NWO. You might, you know what? You know, in about two weeks, three weeks at most, it's going to happen. Because you heard it right here. Oh, I'm sending emails then. I'm like, y'all need to stop this. For real. Y'all really need to stop this. Y'all know we just said that. I will submit that to TMZ. Like TMZ, we're submitting evidence that we just came up with this mess. Now, if they bring back the NWO in that fashion, ain't nobody in the world that can say, oh, we came up with that. No, y'all, y'all, y'all took that from us. That's a copyright infringement now. I'm going to make sure. And if they don't be like, well, we're not uh, affirming that. Like, hey, Cody, <laughs> we've been talking good about you for a while. You need somebody to uh, handle your social media and, you know, bring a show in that will talk about everything uh, on your road to this, road to that. We got you, but we still going to talk about WWE. Just be prepared. Let us do our thing, and we got you. I'm, we'll put that call in, and then, hey, Jim, we're just talking about you. <laughs> Boomer Sooner, baby. Boomer Sooner. And you know something that I had a thought about uh, yesterday, and I told told my wife about it. I told BJ about it earlier today. Mm-hmm. Now, I've known you for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, through the years, we talked and social media, things like that. But do you realize we haven't been in the same room for. Oh, God, don't even say it, man. 19 years? We almost on Hell in a Cell time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We haven't been in the same room for about 19 years. Not since uh, I left to uh, go back to Baltimore. Yeah. And um, I, I, I transitioned down to Atlanta. And so when I came back, you was gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to, I had to move on. Yeah. My heart was still in. My heart's still in there. <laughs> I still. Oh yeah. One of the best jobs I've ever had. Yeah, we 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 had some time, but don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna break that uh, very soon. Yes, indeed. I cannot wait. I am excited. I'm getting ready to go get my clothes out and get this get ready. <laughs> we only need one thing: a sideline junkies T-shirt. That's all you need. Yeah, Everything I, else, it is what it is. I, I think they'll lock me up if I walk through with, with, with in my underwear. 
Yeah, yeah, good point. Well, okay, some sideline junkies underwear. Uh, then they'd be like, well, it's, it's an outfit. We'll yeah, it's an outfit. Uh, it's, my, it's my ring gear. What are you talking about? I'm wrestling tonight. Oh, he's a superstar? Oh, yeah, that's super. But, but all right, well, go ahead and tell them where they can hear us at, man. Of course you can hear us right here on Anchor. You can hear us on Spotify, CastBox, Breaker, iTunes Podcast, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podcoin, Podbean, Podchaser, Jeez, uh, Radio Public, you name it, you can find us. Always Google us. But don't don't forget to go on over to sidelinejunkies.com where you can get all the updates. As of tomorrow, we're going to add in the photo gallery of all the fellas, every single oh, yeah. sideline junkie, because we're going to have a lot of pictures to post. And, of course, That's- check us out on social media because you're going to see a lot of those pictures then. That's right. Well, man, it's been fun. Hey, indeed it has. So it's like being a kid ready for Christmas. And think about it. Tomorrow at 6, we got the opening of free agency. Oh, we got God, yeah. The weekend of the return of the people's choice, Don Rodriguez, to Baltimore. And the DMV. Yes, indeed. And he will be welcome with open arms when, wherever we meet, wherever we decide to ride and kidnap him to before he goes back home. He's welcome with open open arms. So I'm I'm just I'm excited. If you can I'm scared. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm scared. But no, uh, man, we're going we're gonna do it up like only we can. And then that'll get us rejuvenated because also basically it's almost like a one year anniversary. So yeah. we're coming together uh after one year and well, almost a one year anniversary of uh bringing everybody to Saturday Mothership and talking about all things wrestling, wrestling, and sports entertainment. And uh, speaking of which, when we hit that one-year anniversary for the WrestleManiacs, I've been asked to ask you to do a countdown of some other things, so I will have to list those things out that everybody wants your top ten opinion on. Mm. You didn't do the first time. And what, what's that? Uh, I forget. Uh, I got it written down in my book, but I don't have my book next to me. I got the new book next to me. I ain't got the old book. I had to start. That's a wild thing. I had to start a whole new sideline junkies notebook because I ran out of space in the first one. Oh goodness! So I got to start. Yeah, I'm on my third one, so I understand. <laughs> so, I mean, people want to hear what the People's Choice has to say about these things because I get asked every day, "Who's a better technical wrestler, Mister Perfect or Bret Hart?" I have to pull off. Don't ask me no question like that. Oh, we're gonna get some fights there. Yeah, and that's one of the that's one of the things right there. Top ten technical wrestlers. I'm talking pure technical because I had to explain to a younger gentleman about Dean Malenko. Oh, he was man, like, for real? I said yes, for real. You just don't know, son. So Shoot, we're gonna throw some ECW bombs. They'd be like, "What?" Like, yeah, he was a great technical wrestler. Exactly. Don't 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 let the hardcore fool you. He was a great technical wrestler. So yeah, I'm down, man. Feel free uh submit a concept, an idea, and I'll be more than happy to go ahead and uh tickle your fancy and we'll see if you agree with my thought process. If not, then well, okay. We'll 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 still like you. Yeah, we we just gonna ask what's wrong with you. Whose man is this? Yeah, well we'll talk about you from time to time, but <laughs> 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 well, all right, man. Uh, oh. You got some uh, packing to do and, and figure out what you're wearing. Yeah, and, and you then, got some uh, crabs to eat. 
Yep, and I'm still on a world tour of bumping in the family and all that stuff. So from location here at the uh, cookout crab feast at my sister's house, uh, I appreciate you allowing me to come in and bring my family into uh, uh, the mothership. And next week we get the wash, rinse, repeat with a little bit more conversation about Bray Wyatt and a little bit more conversation about Heyman and Eric Bischoff and a lot of conversation about AEW. Indeed, that's absolutely right. So I can't wait for that either. Yeah, so till next week, as KG would say, we don't do overtime, but we better get paid for this time. (laughs) (laughs) We are out of here. This has been another Sideline Junkies production, sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.